Lester, the Nightfly. On the Pacific Radio Network. Also made available on PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. All hit radio. Lester the Nightfly? Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio down? Hello, this is PJ Ewing. You are listening to Lester the Nightfly, and we have a guest this week. It's a wonderful opportunity for Tamara Gomez to share a brand new record, stories of her life, Tamara, I hope, stories of your creation of this wonderful record that I've been obsessing over since I got my hands on it just a couple days ago. Welcome to Lester the Nightfly. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Your record, uh, All Eight Wonderful Songs, has sent me in all kinds of different directions, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if I was even in the vicinity of what you were trying to do, because you really change the sound. You change the pitch. You change so many things from song to song. There's a, a very much a current in your record, but you're also taking some some departures, I think, along the way, which makes it really interesting as I listen through the whole thing. Let's start with you. What are you all about? Where are you from? Give us some of the basics. I'm originally from Corpus Christi, Texas, born and raised. I started music at a very young age. I would say about, about the age of six, I started taking piano lessons and then from there, it just progressed. I mean, by that time, I, I realized that I, I really, really just had a, a, a passion for music. And so I just, you know, dove into it. And um, a few years later, started taking um, guitar lessons, violin lessons, vocal lessons, really trying to immerse myself in music. I definitely, like I knew from a very young age that that's definitely what I wanted to pursue. That's astounding. 
from that young age? I had this natural gift to be able to play music by ear. I always joke about this, that I, I blame my piano teacher for not knowing how to like sight read music, but she really encouraged me to um, explore that gift that I had, which in a way, I, I feel like I have, a, I have a different take on music because of that. I feel like there, are, I, I feel like I don't have as many, I mean, you can look at it both ways. I feel like I have some limitations from not being able to sight read music or um, talk the normal music lingo. And then there's another aspect where other classically trained musicians have said, well, you're not confined to um, what normal musicians learn when they are classically trained. So you're able to think outside of the box. Yes. I've heard that a number of times because so many musicians find themselves in music school, whether it's college level or beforehand, and then they spend so much time trying to drop that, I'll use air quotes on this radio station, uh, baggage. They want to leave it yeah. behind and then find a fresh sound. And it's much harder, I think, when you have a lot of that classical training. Right, right. So you're like, you don't really have any boundaries when you're not classically trained. So I, I feel like that that can be an advantage. So, so I'll, I'll have to say my one of my biggest influences and idols when I was younger was Avril Lavigne. Ah, uh, sure. her to death like everything she was about like her image you know the message she um relayed through her songs i i loved everything about her 
being a woman in the music industry and you know it, it's a male dominated industry yeah you know yeah it really gave me some hope and um an inspiration to pursue music I have to say, I have a big smile on my face because I have been hunting, as I mentioned earlier, for multiple hours trying to figure out where that big guitar sound of yours is, where that with your female lead vocal sound, like where, where have I heard anything that echoes and you just told me, I love it. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I hear it now. That was a start. I had all of her posters, all of her pictures on my door to my bedroom. <laughs> well, you know, in, in some of the music video that I've seen, et cetera, of yours, this, you're tough. You've got a strong personality. It comes right through in the, in the videos that you've shot. There's a toughness and a sweetness to Avril Lavigne. I see the same thing in your work from what I've observed so far on YouTube, et cetera. So I see a, I see a, a connection there for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's get into this record. Did you write music and lyrics? Are you behind all of this stuff or did you have a partner in writing? How does that work? I worked alongside Dorian Grace, who's who's my producer. Um, he is a long, long friend. Of, I mean, we've, we've been friends for over 10 years and um, our bands used to play together back in Corpus. And that was before I moved to, to Philadelphia for four years to play with my um, my band Cupid's Victim. But when I moved back to Texas in 2020, that was my first time I had ever done anything solo. So that was my the turning point in my career as, as an artist. He reached out to me and, you know, just was wondering, what I was up to, heard some stuff that I was posting online and, and was really intrigued by it. And I, I told him I was planning on recording an album. At that time, I'd only written probably like three or four songs and had some other ideas. He asked if, if I'd be interested in having him help produce the album and um, gave me some feedback on it. And since then, you know, we've, we've pretty much been been a team he has played on a few of the tracks, but besides the drums, it's pretty much me recording all of the instruments except for bass tracks on on two of the tracks and, um, of course, all of the live drums. But some of the um, program drums, I helped program. Wow. This was a huge undertaking, especially as a, the start of my solo career it was a huge undertaking and and i'm not gonna lie i was i, I thought i bit off way more than i could chew mm. but um it, it turned out that i i really surprised myself on that 
That's really impressive. It was really a three-year journey then, would you say? Was it that long from 2020 to now, almost? It was because I got engaged and um, got married. So I feel I, I wanted to take a step back because I was hitting it so hard for the first year and a half. I'm not going to lie. I, I felt like I got a little burnt out. This also was a turning point in my life, you know, getting engaged and getting married. And I really wanted to put my all into it. For some reason, something told me like it wasn't the right timing to release my album. I, I think people would probably think like, you're crazy. Why aren't you? Why aren't you releasing your album? You just spent all this time on it. Why aren't you releasing it until like a year later? I felt like I did the right thing. I felt like I wasn't quite ready yet. I hear that, of course, in the music, a lot of this journey. It seems a lot of autobiography going on here. And in fact, it's Say You Will, right? That would be the song about getting married. Is that on target? Yes. And the thing is, I don't know if you've seen the music video for that, but... I did. I did. <laughs> oh, great, great. So I actually used our wedding footage yeah. for that video. Adorable. That was worth it in itself, to, to be honest with you. I was sitting here thinking, this woman is so smart. She's using wedding footage. She's doing it. Hey, guys, I'm going to get married and we're going to shoot a music video at the same time kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's funny because just 30 minutes ago, I'm like, I have a friend who's uh, you know, a wedding officiant in Michigan. Her name is Mary. And I'm like, Mary, you've got to watch this video. You've got to listen to this song. What do you think? You know, wh what do you get out of it? So she was giving me all these texts just a little while ago with all of her feedback about how beautiful it was and it reminded her of other songs. And, you know, did and her question was, so I'll ask it for Mary. Did you ask him or did he ask you? Because Say You Will seems to come from your perspective. I did ask him. So I was definitely the one who initiated it. So cool. My husband, uh, Ben Thomas, he's actually the one who taught me how to play guitar. Oh, okay. So that's what makes it so stinking cute because <laughs> um, he, he grew up down the street from me and was my brother's best friend. I mean, I've known him since I was probably eight years old. We had some flings later on in life when I was dating. <clears throat> I hate to say this. It makes me sound horrible. But when I was dating my bass player at the time, um, for Cupid's Victim, my uh, my former band, I was in a relationship with the bass player for about nine to ten years. But um, me and Ben, we just we had some strange connection when he moved back to Corpus after he finished law school, and I, I feel like that was a very important moment in my life because it kind of planted a seed. Because as soon as I decided to move back. To Texas after living in Pennsylvania for four years, he was the first person I contacted when I moved back. Not to mention <laughs> that he asked me to marry him twice when I was in Pennsylvania after not speaking to him for three years. Wow. It's so strange because we never spent that much time together. We never really had a relationship, but there is just something inside both of us that it's as if we knew that it was meant to be. It's beautiful. Say You Will definitely, you know, relays that message. We're going to start right there. Let's listen to Say You Will from Tamara Gomez from the new record Genesis right here on Lester the Nightfly.
Think back to the first day we met We were just kids playing music Let the memories unfold After all these years it was the boy next door Who swept me off my feet And got me out of Corpus Christi Just in time for quarantine We fell in love while the world fell apart on the TV screen I love that song, by the way. And, you know, it to me, it stands apart from much of the other record because I hear in the other tracks that we'll hear, Synthesizer, I hear a lot of Avril Lavigne rock and roll. That one leans almost into a, it's certainly pop, but maybe a country kind of pop sound. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, with, you know, with this whole album, Every, like you said, every song, it's, it, it has its different feel and it being my first solo record, um, 
I didn't want to be confined to a single genre. I, I wanted to write whatever felt um, appropriate, whatever I just, you know, needed to express. And, you know, sometimes it, it can't be just one genre for every single song. You know, you, you need to express yourself in, in a lot of different ways and sounds. So um, I just wanted to be true to myself and what came out. I feel like that does keep it interesting for the listener. You know, you, you kind of get taken on a ride with this album. So it, it's fun to listen from from start to finish. I wanted to go to the first track, Embers. The whole situation that prompted this this entire album and the start of, of me becoming a, a solo artist was a very intense breakup in 2019 with my former bass player uh that i told you earlier mm. that I'd, i had been playing with him for for around um 10 years and <clears throat> also dating him for 10 years as well our whole band moved to pennsylvania so philadelphia to pursue music the the whole breakup was just it, it was it was a mess it was a total mess it brought up traumas, a lot of past traumas I had as a child and throughout my my teens and early 20s. And it, it did a lot of psychological damage to me. And when I moved back to my hometown, Corpus Christi, Texas, I just felt completely defeated. My only way to cope was to was to write and keep writing and that's why this whole rec a lot of the records sounds so dark but for embers specifically that was the first song i wrote um after the breakup it's it's just talking about how toxic our relationship was to the both of us but then it also talks about the the um emotional and mental damage it it did on me hmm. so um that's where you're hearing all the dark lyrics mm -hmm. yeah Oh my obsession 
start off with you know embers it's kind of just you know um jarring in a way compared to all the other songs and it, it's not quite a concept album but it's a concept in a way that i wanted to order the songs um chronologically to take you on the journey of of, of what i experienced and what i wrote while i was experiencing all of it so so for those listening right now to Tamara Gomez, you can go to Spotify. I actually bought the record as well. You can do that at, at all the places, right? That you buy records, you can go to your website. Yeah, website. There's everything on there. Yeah. And your website is tamaragomez.com. Is that right? Yes, that's it. It's all coming together thanks to this conversation because I was getting a lot of emotion, a lot of raw a lot of uh, experiences. I knew that they were your stories from your life, but it's now all starting to make a lot of sense <laughs> where there was a breakup, mm -hmm. a transition of uh, a, a love that was found, a marriage. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a whole story going on here that, that it's, it's, uh, it's your story. It's really beautiful. The second track is Lowly, and this is the one, Tamara, that I've got to believe everyone's saying, although there are others that are so catchy and could be the, in quotes, hit, Lowly's got to be near the top of the list in terms of being catchy, having a great hook, terrific uh, chorus, your ah, uh, I mean, just amazing uh summertime guitar van halen sounds i heard boston in there i heard a little cars it was amazing this has got to be the one right mm -hmm. yeah so i originally wrote that song the chord progression is somewhat the same but it definitely had a more i want to say weezer feel mm. like it didn't seem as poppy or it, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Dorian said, let me show you what I can do. And this is this was the first song that he took that I completely let him guide me on and like take the reins on. I definitely had a lot of say when it came to the production, but but with his idea and his spin on it, I guess it differs hmm. with the other songs. This is the one where... Um, he really took his spin on it. And um, I think it turned out great. And mm. this is the one that we thought was definitely going to be 
a hit. It is. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. He had an idea to make it a little bit more poppy, a little bit more synth wave. We created some synth lines. Basically, all all the guitar riffs and solos I had already had, but it's just it's just all spun in a, in a, a more poppy way. Your description of this the summertime mm. feel is, is perfect for that because I get that too often. Oh yeah, and you don't want to let go of that sound, and it really I I, I honestly. Tamara, I was in there listening to a whole bunch of Van Halen, trying to figure out which was which was the one. Then I remember Boston from their early records. also had the cars there's a song called bye bye love they're much lighter but they have a lot of synthesizer going on in the cars and i love them i'm much older than you so my reference points are going to be a little bit you know 10 or 15 or 20 years earlier than yours The 
first band I mentioned was Weezer because that's mm. the kind of feel that I had with with the first demo recording I had of that song. Senses a little whack, and my friends are just as creepy as me. I didn't go to boarding schools, creepy girls never looked at me. Why should they? I ain't nobody got nothing in my pocket. definitely took his spin and I, I don't know if you know who he is but he has um, a couple records he's more of like a like an 80s throwback kind of sound and um, it definitely has his um, influences which are probably everything that you have mentioned you know to my someone a little older me I'm going to get some of that stuff maybe that Dorian did as well and, and for others they're, they're not going to they didn't grow up with that music, so it's it's not going to be there. I'm really glad you, you guys are working together because he's figured out how to replicate that sound. And I can't believe that's easy to do. Again, I did all this research and I was listening to band after band trying to figure it out. And that's as close as I could get, the ones that I referenced. It's, it's a very unique sound that he, he pulled together. It references some of these big bands, but he's really packaged it in a really wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Swim with cinder blocks of paint tied on 
Let's move on. Let's go to the next track, which is called Burning. And this is, uh, you know, I, now that we know the story, I'm still burning bright for you. I was stressed mm. out, a stressed out mess, but baby, I didn't go away. Clean up the mess that I made. I don't care about anyone in PA. <laughs> so, right? So yeah, this, is, this is your story. <laughs> this um, goes into detail of what happened. It wasn't just a clean breakup. You know, I, as I told you before, it was messy. And when I say messy, it was really drawn out. When I moved back from PA to Texas, I was under the impression that that me and my ex were still going to get back together. And he just couldn't leave at the time because of work. And we were going to try to make things um, work out when it was, you know, convenient for him to move back down to Texas with me, he was basically dragging me along for two to three months. You know, I was thinking that he was going to come back to Texas. It messed with my head a lot. So with that song burning, after learning that he didn't want to continue on this relationship, he didn't have any faith in it. You know, I I realize that you're right. You know, I I'm half of the problem, if not more. And I feel like that it would only be worse if you were to to continue on with me. You know, when I say I'm still burning bright for you, I'm really referencing 
the music aspect of it. The music aspect of our relationship is what made it work the whole time. So when I say I'm still burning bright for you, I mean that I'm still creating music. I'm still doing everything, all like everything that we dreamed of together, being artists and music. I'm still pursuing that and I'm still going to be myself. I'm still going to, you know, tell my story. I'm still going to want people to hear my music. I'm still burning bright for you. You know, I'm still, I'm still doing what we always promised for ourselves.
this is me and I'm doing a record, this would be very difficult for me to share all this really gritty detail. You're really opening yourself up in this album. And I, I know that that's difficult. You've obviously come to, come to terms with all the things that have happened in your new life, and it's all it's got a happy ending. And but you're letting us in uh, to some very intimate things. And I, I'll, I'll just say it. I'll, I'll thank you for letting us letting us kind of participate in some fashion because it's tough stuff, and it's what well, so many of us. I've gone through breakups. I've gone through difficult times. I think a lot of people can really relate in their own way to what you've gone through and you're you're helping us i think in some fashion maybe deal with it in one way or another if i can reach one person you know that makes it worth it to me because you know the bands and artists i listen to throughout the years and you know music is therapy music is therapy and when you can relate to someone it, it makes it it changes your world you know it makes you not feel alone left out and if i can do that for someone else then you know that that makes me whole you will and you are and this is a brand new record so we're all just going to get to know it you know starting now in may of 2023 but you've got a long way to go with this music and i know that you're going to reach so many so many people who are the i've shared all those old 80s bands that i used to listen to who are the bands that that you love oh so i grew up in my preteen and, and teen years, even in early 20s, I would have to say I'm extremely heavily influenced by all of like the emo bands during that emo phase. Oh, my favorites are probably My Chemical Romance, The Used. He wears his heart safety pin to his backpack, his backpack is all that he knows. Shut down by strangers whose glances can cripple the heart and devour the soul.
whispering Must have been out of his Taking Back Sunday.
would say in that era of music was definitely a huge influence hmm. on me. Nirvana. <laughs> Nirvana. I'm so happy cause today found my friends here in my head. I'm so ugly. That's okay, cause so are you. Every day for all I care I'm not scared Light my candles In our days Cause I found God An influence of Tamara Gomez for her new record, Genesis. The 2023 solo release, the launch of a new career. Really fun to be a part of that. You know, I'm curious about this Dorian Grace, aren't you? With all that 80s synth stuff. We're going to hear some of that next week on part two of this two-part series with Tamara Gomez. But now, you have a job, and that is go to Spotify, listen to Tamara's music, go to her website, Go to her social media, buy the record, let's support Tamara as she launches her new solo career out of Corpus Christi, Texas. I'll see you next week where we will continue the story.
This has been a PJ DJ production. Thank you.